During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. What's up and welcome back to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, November 16th, 2021. I'm Tim Geddes and of course I'm joined by the Rogue One, Gary Witta. Good morning, Tim. How are you? I'm good. Yo, I'm seeing just a little bit of the stubble coming in, Gary. I don't, I've, I've who, missed that. On who, who has time to show? I mean, it's not, it's not a, it's not a conscience, conscious uh, fashion choice. It's more of a, I don't have time to do anything anymore, including shaving or, or keeping myself clean. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a, bit of a mess. Of course, uh, you're so busy because Halo Infinite multiplayer came out. You probably just can't get your hands off it, right? The, the, the truth is that has actually that has not helped. <laughs> On top of everything else, that was the last thing I needed. When I, I maybe I may have, may have been one of the only people that um, had the adverse reaction yesterday. I was like, really, Microsoft? I actually could have used the extra couple of weeks before you dropped this on me. But uh, fuck it, I'll take it. I was playing it this morning. I got up early this morning to play it. Yeah. Hey, it's it's a lot of fun, man. We're going to be talking about that and a whole bunch yeah. of other things because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. We're each and every weekday right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We come at you live with all of the video game news that you need to know. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And we're getting a little bit of all of that today on this Games Daily that you can get live on Twitch. You can get on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or roosterteeth.com if you want to wait. Uh, but if you want to get it as a podcast, just search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny games daily and we will be right there for you but if you wanted to get the show ad free if you wanted to get the exclusive post show that we do for each and every episode you got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like our patreon producers pranksy and blackjack have done we appreciate you so very very much uh some housekeeping for you yesterday we recorded our live reactions to the amazing xbox 20 year anniversary celebration you can go check those out over on youtube.com slash kind of funny games the new episode of ps i love you is up as well that's janet and bless's review of the gta uh definitive edition trilogy uh and then we also have the amazing spider-man rewatch over on youtube.com slash kind of funny uh where anthony carboni continues uh to make our extremely long reviews even longer this one clocked in at i think three and a half hours so if you want to hear a lot about spider-man have i got the show for you uh today we're brought to you by doordash express vpn amazon music and butcher box but we'll tell you all about that later for now let's begin with what is and forever will be the roper report it's time for some news we got five stories today a baker's dozen Big stories today. A lot, a lot of real chunky ones. We're going to lead off with uh, what's got the internet ablaze right now. 
the Game Awards nominees have been revealed. What I was thinking of doing, Gary, is going through them, giving our initial thoughts and all that. But I wanted everybody to know that later today, we are going to be recording the Kind of Funny Games cast where me and the boys will go through and actually make our predictions of who we think is going to win. So this is more just an overview, overview going through all of the nominees that have been awarded. Kev, can you please bring that up? So it looks like we have 30 different categories. Um, so we got best esports event. Kev, what, what, what we'll do is we'll hit previous category to go back so that we work backwards to get to one at the end, okay? Kev? Uh, uh, yeah, but I mean, do you want me to go to the last category? Or, oh, we're no, so let's, got it, got it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's go to 30. 30 categories, are we gonna do them all? No, we're gonna go back. We're gonna go back to let's let's start with number twenty-five, category twenty-five. God damn it. All right. <laughs> there Dang. we go. Most oh, the, the dumbest category of all. Yeah, let's start there. Why not? Yeah. Why not? You know what I mean? This is one of the, the fan voted ones. You, everyone can go now to thegameawards.com if you want to participate in some of the fun here. Uh, most anticipated game. This is recognizing an announced game that has demonstrably illustrated potential to push the gaming medium forward. Uh, right now we got Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and Starfield. No surprises here, right, Gary? This seems like the, the big five that people are looking forward to that that are semi-imminent in our future. Read, read them off to me again, because looking on the screen, it doesn't actually... Oh, it does say... Okay, so Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Forbidden West... Okay, so for me, I think it would be Starfield. Um, if I'm just talking about... Again, I, I just want to preface by saying, I think this, this category is fucking as dumb as shit. Um, giving awards to things that don't exist yet is, is madness. I, I don't understand it. Um, it's just fun, Gary. It's, it's the only fun. one. Yeah, like but things it. can Come be on. fun. Things can be fun and dumb at the same time. So let's just, that is so true. It is both this, it's a fun, both a fun and a dumb category. Um, for like you know, it's different for everyone. Like for example, for my wife Leah, she loves Zelda and she loves uh, Horizon. So she would probably be torn between the two. But I imagine she would she would be she would tip towards Zelda in the end because Zelda's her her favorite thing for me it's starfield because as i again just my personal taste i've said many times before i love that i love i love the big sprawling bethesda skyrim uh type games but my taste is much more towards outer space than it is fantasy like i love the mass effect games but i never even played the dragon age games because i like i'm just more interested in one kind of world and setting than i am the other i'm more of a space boy and mm -hmm. so here's starfield for space boys like me um so yes i think uh, and i'm not su I, I mean elden ring i know there's a lot of hype around it but again dragons and swords and stuff eh. god of war yes i get it but like i don't know i and i did like god of war it just it wasn't it, it wasn't my favorite like cup of tea of that year um and the other and the other two i just never really never really got into them i enjoyed watching my my wife play them both but they they weren't games that i played so of all of these interestingly enough my most anticipated is the one that i think we know the least about right we know a certain amount about all of these others they've all been they've all been kind of shown to some degree Elden ring just had a big showcase recently we, we you know we, we've seen quite a bit of these other games uh maybe not maybe not so much zelda but starfield i think is the one we've seen the least about um, but it's definitely the one that I, I just, just from the big picture, you know, Bethesda in, in, in an epic space romp. Yes. Sign me up. Yeah. For me, it's definitely the, the middle three, uh, looking at Zelda, God of War and, and Horizon, uh, probably in that order as well. Very excited for Breath of the Wild too. 
Uh, moving on. Like, to... Is there anything? Is there anything here, Tim, that's not on the list that would be on yours? No, I think. I mean, I think this is when we're talking about the Game Awards top five most anticipated games. Like th- these make sense, right? Like it's it, another way to put this category is what games do we expect to be in the game of the year conversation next year? Like it's kind of these games uh, game to lose uh, by if they don't deliver the expectations, right? Like that's what where the anticipation comes from. I don't think there are other games that match the level of hype these games have. Well, so, I mean, in the AAA sphere, yes, but let's not. I mean, I, I, I one of the one of my one of my little um, pet peeves about the about these Game of the Year awards is I think they they have a bit of a bias towards AAA, and a lot of really cool indies often get overlooked. They'll they sometimes get kind of get their own category, but it's rare to see like an indie game breakthrough and actually get like a straight up overall game of the year or most anticipated game uh, nomination, which I think is a shame there is a big triple a bias in, in these game of the year awards, I think. Yeah. But when it's voted by people, I think most anticipated means most anticipated and yeah, it's I hard think, to and, anticipate and, yeah, for the exception uh, yeah, of things so like hollow Knight be... silk song, right? Like I feel right. like that is one of the rare examples of a uh, highly anticipated uh, indie title because otherwise you really indie indie's special thing is that you don't know until you know, right? Right. Yeah. So. Right. So yeah, I mean, obviously, these are the games that are generating the most hype right now because they are the big 2022 um, juggernauts. Do you think that do you, are you are we confident these will all be 2022 games? Is there anything here that might slip? Don't be silly, Gary. No, we're not confident. come on, we're not confident at all. <laughs> Tim, did you, did did you live through the last year? I mean, we're yeah. in, we're in the age of major slippage. So, Dude, who the I, hell knows with any of these? I would not be surprised. I don't expect, but I would not be surprised if every single one of these gets delayed one more time. <laughs> and and I, honestly, I don't think it's going to be the end of the world. I don't think that any of them are going to have major delays but i i could totally see i know elden rings january i can see it slipping to february i know horizons coming soon i can see it slipping a little bit but like maybe not let's let's be hopeful i mean hey i would have never actually thought that halo infinite would hit its december release date and it totally seems like it's going to at this point so but again but again that was after been getting pushed absolutely for a whole year. yeah 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 but still uh, moving on here, we got the best debut indie. This is a very exciting one. For the best debut game created by a new independent studio, we have The Artful Escape, The Forgotten City, Kana, Bridge of Spirits, Sable, and Valheim. Love it. I, I saw that you recently fell in love with Artful Escape, Gary, and that, yeah, that warms so my heart. I'm so glad to be talking to you about it because I know you're the, other, you're the other big Artful Escape stan at Kind of Funny. For me, Artful Escape is at least tied and perhaps the overall winner for my overall game of the year. It is just right the, best, the best experience that I had with a computer game in many a long time. I was so blown away by it. It's one of those games where you wish you could go back and experience it again for the first time because it was just such a beautiful experience. It really, really takes me all the way back to the first time I played Journey where I'm thinking like, I'm, in you, the Gary. moment, I'm thinking I'm really playing something special here. Like this is a game for the ages. This is a true piece of interactive art it's fucking transcendent and i love it so much great to see that it's here in the indie category um you know but fair play to the others i've only seen or played very small amounts of the others so i can't really judge i just i just know that of everything that i've played this year artful escape is by far and away the thing that made the biggest impact on me and and you know we, we could we could do a whole games cast i'm sure you and you and i are just talking about it but for right now i'll just say i, I spent a lot of last week's show just going to go play artful escape go, go play artful escape it's on game pass you have no excuse it's short you can play it in a few hours go play that game and i, I just loved every minute of it 
Yeah, Gary, I, I I beat it, and then I immediately wanted to play more. So I had Mike play it on stream, and I just hung out with him watching, and it was so much fun. See what like, I am gonna Mike do. Deal with that game. I played it last weekend um, in the living room, pausing it every twenty minutes because we got a crying baby or my my nine year old needs something, and it like it kind of fragmented the experience a little bit. It was one of the. I remember when when I first played Journey, somebody said to me like, when you play Journey, like go home you know, uh, to, to silence your phone, turn the lights down, like shut your door, like don't have any interruptions and just play uninterrupted, but let the volume up and the lights down like a, like a cinema type experience. And that's the best way to experience it. And it, it re that it really is true. I wish I'd have done that with Artful Escape, but I feel like that's actually a way for me to experience it again is to like, you know, b block out a few hours if possible sometime soon, put the headphones on because music's such a big part of it crank the headphones up and and and, and really kind of let it do its thing because the soundtrack as you know tim is oh. not just a beautiful soundtrack but it's so woven into the fabric of the game it's just wonderful incredible game incredible game uh but i do want to give a big shout out to Kana bridge of spirits even though artful escape probably is uh, it's up there in my game of the year conversation i think that what ember lav pulled off with Kana as an independent studio is has never been seen before like this is a game that is more in the conversation more comparable to these big triple a releases uh than what we expect from indie titles. And I know that yeah. indies have matured so much to the point that Hades won game of the year last year. Like the independent titles like are, are heavyweights at this point, but there's something special to Bridge of Spirits and I wanna see Ember Labs, what they're gonna do next. Cause I think that they have the chance to make something that is like truly transformative for the space. Cause they- Beautiful they art style, there. right? Almost like a, watching it, like playing a Disney movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, it had a little bit of that kind of Raya and the, the Last Dragon kind of vibe to it almost. Totally um moving on we got uh content creator of the year and i have never felt older um I, i'm not gonna know any of these people am i let me yeah. see nope don't know any of them who the fuck are these people why yeah. am i so old uh i i know that dream is related to carl jacobs somehow and that's all that i know so we're gonna move on from this um we got best multiplayer back for blood knockout city it takes two monster hunter rise new world and valheim this is for outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design including co-op and mmos i gotta give it to it takes two it takes two something special man it's something special in the way that it's a co-op multiplayer experience that takes the tried and true 3d platforming that we love so much as a genre and kind of turns it on its head and makes it this interactive experience like yeah i that is definitely my pick as well. I'm, but looking I'm, at, a little I'm, biased. I'm looking at stuff here like Back for Blood and New World and wondering why these games are even nominated because they think they're they're good multiplayer games, but they're really just, you know, iterations of things that we've played before. We know that we know that Back for Blood is basically just Left for Dead 3 with some, you know, innovations that they they threw on top. New World is the Amazon Basics MMO. Like it doesn't it it, it, does, it there's some interesting stuff in terms of like the big you know, global war stuff that is potentially interesting. But like I got to level 30 something and got bored of it because I felt like I played this. It, it's 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 very little there that you haven't seen before. They're having major issues with the with the world economy right now. The game's not really where it needs to be. The idea that it's it's nominated for for um for uh, multi best multiplayer, I think is kind of a joke to be honest. Yeah, it, these categories and it always gets hard, man. Award shows are difficult. There's no yeah. way to please everybody and, and creating yeah. categories is always like a, especially with something as complicated as video games where it's like, what you going to do? Right. Um, I'm having an issue where the website is erroring out. Cool. It yeah, is I, back. I, Best 
sports slash racing game. Uh, we have F1 2021, FIFA 2022, Forza Horizon 5, Hot Wheels Unleashed, Riders Republic. I love that Hot Wheels Unleashed is getting some love. Why not? Uh, Hell yeah, man. Like that game, I am so proud of. When we first saw it, it was like, this looks fucking cool. And I yeah. love that it delivered. It's a cool game. But obviously, this Forza, baby. Good for them. They did it. Yeah, F1, F1 I can't speak to, but I have played the other four. FIFA 22, I don't know why it's there. Again, very, very good soccer game. The best one best one on the market. But again, just a, a marginal iteration on you know what EA's been doing you know with that franchise for years. Um, Hot Wheels is really um, a lot of fun, uh, but Forza, you know, kind of came along and, and and ate its lunch. Why, why, did, why does Kevin keep changing the categories? I'm trying to fucking refer to the games that are on the screen. Um, uh, and what, Gary, what was it's the, moving yes? super slow. The website itself is like, well, I no, but don't it. click, but don't click the button. Well, now it's broken, on... so I hope you're happy. What was the last one? Because Kevin moved off of it in the middle of while we, while we were talking about it. I... The last one was Racing Game. Oh, no, okay. Riders Republic. Uh, I played some of that. That's another one that I feel like has kind of collided with Forza in the sense, that even though they're different kinds of racing, right? One is kind of mountain biking and, and snowboarding and stuff. And the other one's just purely cars. They both occupy that same kind of, hey, this is extreme kids. Drink some Mountain Dew. Let's get on a fucking bike and drive. Yeah, this is gnarly tubular shit. Like it all has that like fucking endless, relentlessly, exhaustingly fucking how do you do fellow kids kind of positive vibe to it. We're all, it I, I want to put these games in front, in, in, in front of a bunch, a bunch of fucking Gen Zers and say like, is this how you people actually talk? Because it feels very Steve Buscemi to me. Um, but they, they both kind of occupy that space. But if you're going to play, like I, I, for me, the proof of the pudding was in the eating. I played a bunch of Riders Republic. and then But then when Forza came along, I just forgot about Riders Republic altogether and just moved over to Forza. Because like, I, 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 I don't need two different, flavors of of the of the same thing so i just i for me it was forza and looking at this i have i have some issues with forza i've actually got a lot of thoughts about why forza irritates me and annoys me in some ways but i have played a ton of it it's very very well done again an iteration on things that we've seen before they didn't reinvent the wheel but you know they keep just refining and honing it down to like a razor sharp point of of what's here yeah forza and, if, and again for the same reason hot wheels I enjoyed it for a hot for a hot minute, uh, but then as soon as Forza came along, so if I'm going to drive cars, I'm going to do it in Forza. So it's it the kinda, polish, man. Yeah, Forza, yeah, Forza got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on to the next one, we have best sim slash strategy: Age of Empires Four, Evil Genius Two, World Domination, Humankind, Inscription, and Microsoft Flight Simulator. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting uh, category that is definitely not my forte, but I, I feel like this is going to be a it's between to me flight simulator and something like inscription but i think that flight simulator is going to win based off of the the amount of tens that it got and just like the the people that are voting on all of this, this like a, it's a more weird, of a mainstream title it's a weird combination of categories here it reminds me of the old golden globes when they used to do best musical comedy and the martian ended up winning for best comedy because no one knew what category to put it in like how do you compare microsoft flight simulator and age of empires 4 like simulation games and strategy games are not the same fucking thing. Like, I understand like they occupy kind of the same headspace, but as you can see here, very, very different games. Um, my guess is here. It's a toss up between age of empire. It's so difficult. Like as good as age of empires four is as an RTS, Microsoft flight simulator is that good as a flight simulator. So like, how do you 
how do you pick one out of this batch? It's really, really strange. But I think I think there's only three real contenders here. It's Age of Empires, Microsoft Flight Simulator, and Inscription, which obviously everyone's going wild about right now. It's one of those three. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got best family games for the best appropriate, best game appropriate for family play, irrespective of genre or platform. It takes two Mario Party Superstars, new Pokemon Snap, Super Mario 3D World, plus Bowser's Fury and WarioWare Get It Together, aka the Nintendo Award. Every year, that's all that it is. But here we got It Takes Two. Coming I don't through. think Nintendo. I don't think Nintendo is a lock for it this year. Not with It Takes Two in the mix. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I, I'm with It Takes Two for this. Like, I at least personally, I hope it is. I Bowser's Fury was amazing, and 3D World is just such a fantastic title. Uh, but it's an old game. You know, I think that it is made ridiculously better on Switch just with the amount of controller options that you have, like being able to play online and the Bowser's Fury game being great. Um, WarioWare, not enough content there. New Pokemon Snap, nah. And Mario Party Superstars is utterly fantastic and what we've been waiting for forever for Mario Party. I, but I enjoyed, uh, I, yeah, I, I enjoyed WarioWare, but you're right, it is very, very short. Um, my read on this category, like when you say best family, that to me, like they, they, I feel like what, what they mean here by, by the inclusion of, of Pokemon Snap, which is a single player game, that they're basically saying best you know, family appropriate kids type game. But when I see best family, what I mean, what, what I read that as is like a game that you can play with the family. And that obviously goes, what the fuck is Kevin doing? Moving all this shit around. I'm prepping um, stuff. Jesus. Okay. But, you, but you're taking away the games that I'm talking is about actually at the better? moment. You're not saying yeah. anything about the games. I was literally talking about nothing but the games. Um, Mario Party Superstars, we played that in the house recently. Really, really like that. One of the things I actually love about it the most is because they're all throwback games from the prior generations. You can actually play with a pro controller instead of, instead of having to fucking waggle the, you know, the, uh, the Joy-Cons around, which nobody really enjoys, let's be honest. Um, and so, like, I really like Mario Party Superstars a lot. It's definitely the kind of the, the, the popular game in the house right now. My, my, my kid, you know, who I always kind of go to in terms of, like, the, the target audience for this stuff like she already told me she likes it way better than the the, the previous switch mario party so that's you know that, that's a win for me but again anytime it takes two shows up in a category i don't care what the category is or what other games are in there it takes two is probably winning it and it certainly is in this case it, it really it really stood the family test i played it all the way through with my wife we finished it together i've been playing through it with it playing through it uh with my daughter as well um it's you know and it's a and, and also let's not forget it's about a family you know it's a, it's a husband and a wife trying to get back to their to their daughter so it also has like very uh kind of poignant family themes so for me this checks all the boxes next category we have best fighting game uh this is best game designed primarily around head-to-head -head combat we have demon slayer we have guilty gear strive melty blood type lumina <laughs> Never heard of that. Me neither. Uh, Nickelodeon All-Star, Brawl, and Virtua Fighter Five Ultimate Showdown. Uh, man, yeah, this is an interesting one. I, I don't know. Definitely, I don't even really have a, a take on this. I'm not a, I'm not a fighting guy. Um, I've heard that Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl is better than it has any right to be. The other... Worse the, than the, it the, should the, be. The, the three tournament fighter type games, Virtua Fighter and Guild Yell. Uh, so I don't know anything about those. But I ha as a, I, I'm a bit of a Demon Slayer fan, as you, as you may know, Tim. I, I really recently got into season two, been really enjoying it. I'm starting to kind of, you know, really appreciate the, the, the storytelling and Demon Slayer, the characters. 
Um, and I played a bit of the game and it's actually really, I, I don't know what kind of reviews it's game, but I actually really like it so far. It's really good. It, the, the art style is beautiful. It really does feel like the, like the TV show brought to life and now you're playing it because the style looks just like the animation in the show. And it's a very, very authentic recreation of what looks like, I think it's basically season one. It's kind of retelling the story of season one. The battles are really, has the, the, the epic battles of, of Demon Slayer that are so cool are recreated like really faithfully in the game. But like, you're the one doing it. Water breathing, final form or whatever, all that shit. Really, really well done. Like if you, if you like, if you like the Demon Slayer show, I think you would love this game. I, I, I certainly did. So again, it's hard for me to talk about the others, but I will definitely uh, stand for de the Demon Slayer game. Right, not not a lot of people talking about it, but it's really good. Yeah, go check that out, Kev. We're actually uh, gonna speed through these, so let's move on uh, to towards the the top of the game. Let's go to category five, please, and we'll roll it out, and then we'll go into way more detail on the kind of funny games cast later. I just want to make sure we hit some of the upcoming news stories. Uh, so, category five, we got best score and music, Artful Escape, Cyberpunk. Deathloop, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and Near Replicant. This is a tough one for me. Uh, this is outstanding really? music, inclusive of score, original song, and or licensed soundtrack. Artful Escape is something that I'm going to be listening to for the rest of time. But I think that Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy uses music, like uses its licensed music in-game as well as being dope music. And the score is phenomenal. I think it's Guardians game. It should be at least. I, I still got to play Guardians. But for me, it, 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 Artful Escape is, is going to be tough to beat because the whole game is about music, right? The music is the heart and soul of the game and integrates into the gameplay so beautifully, like you're playing music in the game. And it's such an incredible range as well, the idea that it's somehow able to kind of do these amazing imitations of like classic Bob Dylan songs and at the same time be a sci-fi prog rock, you know, opera. Like it's, it, 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 it's mashing together these different musical flavors in a way that I've never seen any piece of art do. And for me... It's got to be Artful Escape because it's not just a game that has great music. It is, it's a game that is music. Yeah. You should play Guardians. You're going to have a good gonna, time. It's, it, it's coming. It's on the list. Uh, category four, we got Best Art Direction, Artful Escape, Deathloop, Kana Bridge of Spirit, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet & Clank, Rift Apart. What a fantastic list of games for this category this year. We are eating good. It's been a good year for games. The, the kind of thing that reminds you that this has been a good year for games. Totally. Totally. Uh, category three. No, that was not loading. Uh, yes, straight up. Uh, there, 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 there we go. We got it. We got it. We got it. Best narrative Death Loop. It takes two. Life is Strange, True Colors, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and Psychonauts 2. Uh, cool. Great stuff. Another mm -hmm. great list of games. All the ones that I've played through of this, I've really enjoyed the story. So, what a year for video games. Yep. All, all very strong contenders there. And then at number two, we got Best Game Direction, Deathloop, It Takes Two, Returnal, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet & Clank, Rift Apart. Another great one. This is a, another weird category sometimes, but uh, again. Yeah, this is I, a weird one where it's like kind of best director, best picture, where it's the, basically the same shit getting nominated all over again, you know? Yeah, what's cool, I mean, here it's specifically awarded for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game design and direction. And I mean, look, Deathloop, It Takes Two, Returnal, to me, all three of those like really kind of hit uh, what was just said there. So, yeah. Then the big one, everyone, game of the year: Death Loop. It takes two. Metroid Dread, Psychonauts two, Ratchet and Clank ripped apart. 
and Resident Evil Village. No room for uh, death's door, huh? Yeah, interesting. I feel I my gut says Deathloop is going to win. Surprised to see Metroid Dread in there. I know it, like, people liked it, but it didn't really set the world on fire, did it? It was like a solid Metroid game, but people weren't like losing their shit over it. Um, same with same with Resident Evil Village. I would I would say people did lose their shit relative to what Metroid is. Like it's already the highest selling Metroid game, and it's reviewing really well, and it it is a worthy sequel to Super Infusion and all that stuff. But like I I wouldn't. I personally fucking loved the game. It's one of my game of the years. I don't think that it is game of the year quality in terms of best experience across all creative and technical fields. Like, nah. I mean, I just, I just go, I don't really do it like necessarily in like a critical way. I just kind of go by like what more with my gut, like what game made the biggest impact on me? Like what was the best experience I had playing a game this year? So, so it takes two and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart are both on my list uh, for sure. Uh, along with Artful Escape and Death's Door. I feel like Death's Door got a little bit snubbed, didn't see it in a single category. Really great game, though. Uh, we skipped through a lot of the best indie games and stuff that I, I think it's there. Oh, uh, okay. So, yeah, okay. So there, there, there's more. We're, like I said, we're going to go through them all on the Kind of Funny Games cast. Uh, but before we get to story number two, let me tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Listen, the holidays are coming and everything is about to get a little crazy. Give yourself a break and let DoorDash take care of dinner because DoorDash brings what you want to eat right now and right to your door. With over 300,000 partners, you can support your neighborhood go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle, and Cheesecake Factory. I love DoorDash so, so much. Uh, There's this burger place in San Francisco called 4505. Technically, they're a barbecue spot, but they are the best burgers in San Francisco. Francisco and I love using DoorDash to get them. I just got it yesterday for lunch. Fantastic stuff. Uh, For a limited time, you guys can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code GAMES2021. That's 25% off up to $10 value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code GAMES2021. Don't forget that's code G-A-M-E-S-2021. 021 for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. Next up, shout out to ButcherBox. If you've ever had a good piece of meat, you know what I mean when I say there's nothing quite like it. If you haven't, what are you waiting for? Invest in some high quality meat from ButcherBox. Never scour the grocery store for that 100% grass-fed beef or free-range organic chicken again. I will never forget the day that Kevin Coelho decided to do a ButcherBox spread. We had some bacon, we had some sausages, we had some steak, we had some burgers. It was fantastic. ButcherBox only bring in the best. Every month, ButcherBox ships a curated selection of high quality meat right to your home with free shipping for the continental US. Each box contains between eight to 14 pounds of meat, which is enough for 24 individual meals. ButcherBox is offering new members free bacon and $20 off your first box. Who doesn't love free bacon? Come on. This offer is ending November 21st, so get this deal before it's gone. Sign up at butcherbox.com KFGD. That's butcherbox.com KFGD to get free bacon and $20 off your first box. Next up, Shout out to ExpressVPN. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is basically like leaving your stuff at your table when you run to the bathroom in a coffee shop. Most of the time, you're probably going to be okay, but there's always the chance that you'll come back 
and everything's going to be gone. Listen, every time you connect to an unencrypted network, like at cafes or hotels or airports, any hacker on the same network can gain access to your data and sell it. That's bad. You don't want none of that. But ExpressVPN stops all that by creating a secure encrypted tunnel between your device. All you got to do is open the app and click one button to get protected on all of your devices. I've been using ExpressVPN. My internet has been safe and I absolutely love that. I use it on all my devices, whether it's my phone, my computer, my TV, all of it. Come on, I'm trying to be safe. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash games. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash games. And you can get an extra three months free. Expressvpn.com slash games. And finally, shout out to Amazon Music. Uh, you clearly have great taste in podcasts because you're listening to this right now. Why not try out Amazon Music? Well, you'll find tons of binge-worthy podcasts. Amazon Music has more than 10 million free podcast episodes to listen to, but it's not just podcasts. They also have thousands of music stations and top playlists to stream for free. You can try out Amazon Music Unlimited. That gives you an unlimited access to 75 million songs, plus podcast music videos, and more with unlimited skips. Uh, they also have Dolby Atmos. That's what I've been using a lot of. It's been super awesome in this room, but also super cool with the headphones, getting a lot of the spatial audio going on. If you've never tried Amazon Music Unlimited, now is a great time for a limited time. New customers can try Amazon Music Unlimited free for three months. Give it a shot. Try it out. I'm telling you, try the spatial audio stuff. It is a trip. Uh, No credit card required. Just go to Amazon.com slash KFGD. That's Amazon.com slash KFGD to try Amazon Music Unlimited free for three months amazon.com slash kfgd renews automatically cancel anytime terms apply one story number two everybody halo infinite is the most successful xbox game studios title ever on steam so that's a very specific thing here this comes from daniel ahmad on twitter uh halo infinite multiplayer which launched about two and a half hours ago so the story is from yesterday after the launch has already surpassed 162,000 peak concurrent users on steam this makes it the most successful xbox game studios title of all time on steam uh master chief collection was the previous uh winner at 161k then forza horizon 5 hit with 81k it is of course worth noting that halo infinite multiplayer is free to play while the other titles are paid it's also worth noting that this is only concurrence on steam this doesn't include concurrence on xbox consoles game pass for pc and console or windows store pc very strong start for the game and then an update uh the peak that they had was 272k concurrent users on steam pretty damn insane gary yeah it's it's huge and you're you're right to point out that this is not everybody obviously it doesn't factor in xbox which is the you know still kind of the primary platform and it doesn't factor in all the game pass people like i've been playing it i've been really enjoying it i just installed it on pc but i didn't install it on steam i I installed it via the xbox app because that's how i'm going to get the cross progression if i play back and forth you know my character's going to level up and go back and forth between the pc and the xbox version if you're playing on the steam version you're not going to you're not going to get that. And if you, you have, I think you do. Do you really? I, I, I'm happy to be pr- to, to be uh, to be proven yeah, wrong on that. Let, let us know in the chat because I, when I did the test flights, I was back and jumping back and forth between Steam and Xbox, and my character was. Oh, okay. Well, that, well, then I'm happy to yeah. be stand corrected. The re- the reason why I assume that is because in previous Halo games, there was no campaign cross progression. They made a point of saying that, like, if you're on the Steam version, you're not going to get campaign cross progression but again why buy on steam if you're on game pass you're just going to get it for free 
on Game Pass anyway. Although I guess it's it, it is the is the multiplayer free on Steam as well. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Multiplayer is free to play. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. Absolutely. For a game this fucking good. I mean, uh, when we were doing the ads, I mean, you were kind of talking about this, like what my game of the year is so far. Like Halo Infinite multiplayer is definitely in the conversation, man. Like that thing is special. It is I so only, fun. I haven't had a lot of time to play with it. I literally got up early this morning to play it because that's the only way I can like sneak in a couple of hours. I knew we were going to talk about it today. I wanted to have some early impressions. Um, I'm really, really enjoying it. I did, I did all the basic kind of bot boot camp thing, which you know, for me, I'm very grateful to have the bot option to kind of you know find my feet before I get thrown into the deep end against players. And then I played some live matches today uh, against real opponents. It didn't do terrible, didn't do great, but didn't do terribly. Won a few uh, matches, uh, only got carried in in a few games, um, but really, really enjoying it. And I got to tell you, as someone who has no interest in Call of Duty Vanguard, and as someone who also played a bunch of Battlefield. 2042 over the past few days and that ended up leaving me cold i think that game's got a lot of issues i think there is a massive massive open goal here for halo to kind of just you know dominate the shooter scene going forward in terms of the you know fortnite and apex all those things will still be around valorant or what have you but in terms of the big new games there's three big shooter games that came out this year right and they're all big name games the you know the, the big franchises battlefield call of duty and Halo have all come out basically within a, within like eight weeks of one another. As far as in my personal opinion, from what I'm seeing online, Call of Duty has whiffed. Battlefield 2042 has whiffed. Maybe those games will get better as they patch them and fix them or whatever. But I'm, I'm just seeing a lot of like player dissatisfaction and disaffection. People are like, eh, just not feeling Call of Duty this, this year. World War II, again, Activision, for God's sake, please have a different idea. There's, there is more than one war in world history. You can do other things. Why are we going back to World War II? Fucking again. That's why I have no interest in it. Battlefield, Battlefield 2042 is buggy as shit. It's upsetting a lot of players right now. It also has a lot of creative, made a lot of weird creative choices that like, like I was like, why, why is it this way? And a lot of other players seem to agree. And then here comes Halo's. And then here, plus that, and then here comes Halo, which is free and is good old-fashioned Halo comfort food. Like I was running around this morning and not just getting like classic Halo vibes, but like classic like Unreal Tournament type of vibes of just running around, shooting people, picking up weapons, like just good old-fashioned. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. It does what it does really, really well. Obviously, it's too early to say like how well the Battle Pass system is, is being implemented because we, we just got it. Um, but all I can tell, all I know is the feel of running around with my battle rifle, with whatever weapons I can pick up, driving around a warthog, running people over. It just feels good. I feel like the essential like nuts and bolts of like Halo multiplayer. And I'm not an expert. I'm not someone that can like talk about like the, the finesse aspects of it. You know, I, I, I haven't played a, a enough previous Halo multiplayer games. They ah, oh, they changed this from, you know, Halo 3, which I don't like or whatever. I just, I know what they put in front of me. And I'm enjoying the shit out of it. I installed it here on PC because I want to try it with the mouse and keyboard. I can feel like I'm going to be playing it a lot. I already reached out to Mike to say, hey, let's squad up and play. It's of the three um, games that are out there, one which I had no interest at all, one which I tried and left me cold. This is, this is, the, this is the shooter that I can see myself spending a lot of time with for sure. Absolutely. Uh, moving on to story number three that's 
uh, part of the story as well. 343 clarifies why Halo Infinite is in beta. This comes from Joe Screbbles at IGN. Uh, Halo Infinite's head of creative, Joseph Staten, has clarified why the early release of the game's multiplayer modes being treated as a beta until the full release on December 8th. 343 has extended the multiplayer mode's first season battle pass until May 2nd, 2022. So that's a pretty pretty long season for uh, the, the initial season of Halo Infinite. On the Waypoint blog, uh, he explained that the surprise launch of the game was being treated as a beta, meaning you could potentially run into bugs, see changes, and more because the team expects an even larger influx of players next month and want to be able to prepare. Quote, our previous multiplayer technical previews went a long way to battle testing our services and infrastructure, but as we prepare for a significant increase in the number of players jumping into Halo Infinite on launch, we want to ensure all our systems are good to go. While you may experience some bumps and bugs during this beta period, it does mark the official start of Season 1 with all Day 1 maps and modes enabled as well as the full Season 1 Battle Pass. Uh, the previous technical previews didn't allow you to keep your progression, but for the beta, all the Battle Pass and customization items you earn or purchase during the beta will stay with you going forward. Um, he also pointed out that Season 1 content, including the Battle Pass, been, has been extended to May 2nd, much longer than the three-month lifespan 343 originally announced. They said, we made the decision to extend Season 1 to give ourselves more time to ensure Season 2 meets our high-quality bar and so we can finish development for Season 2 in a healthy and sustainable way for our team. Uh, all this is really interesting stuff, Gary. I think the one kind of question on everyone's minds at least with the the current discourse around this game is are they going to stick with the progression system they have because this seems to be something people aren't in love with they're not totally thrilled yeah. with it because you're not getting xp for every game that you're playing it's just but specific it's challenges that they put in front of you right so i saw jeff gersman last night was had been playing it and was and was the example he made was why why is xp tied specifically to these challenges they put in front of you like for example one of the challenges he mentioned was blow up a warthog but warthogs only show up on bigger maps, and Jeff's like, "Well, if I don't want to play a bigger map, like I'm, I, I'm you're going to force me to do to play a, a style of game that I don't want to play just so that I can ch check the box on that challenge." So I think that's that's valid. It may be something they may want to look at. And again, I, I it just came out, but I have I've just seen a little bit of rumblings on social media. Some you know Halo diehards, people who really really know the game that have been obviously dived in immediately. Um, there seems to be some grumbling about the way that the battle pass is implementing too grindy. I'm not sure yet, but again, this is all stuff that they can finesse. They're in beta, but, um, yeah, I mean, no one's going to be, you know, immediately happy about everything. I'm not a battle pass expert in terms of like, I, I don't play Fortnite or apex where I'm used to kind of signing up for a battle pass and like, what are the expectations? Um, but yeah, it seems like if you want to make progress at a decent rate you need to start putting some money into the game right away i think it's what is it like 10 bucks for the basic battle pass i, I looked at, i was in the shop this morning just to see how much things cost and there's a battle pass bundle but that which is more expensive it gets you more stuff but the basic battle pass to sign up you know to you know it's like more xp and you know more stuff that you start getting is 10 bucks but again like this is this is the model now right the game is free and then they monetize and then they find ways to monetize it on the back end through battle passes and cosmetics and things like that. But then again, that's a very exact science, right? We're still kind of learning how much players are happy to spend and for and for how much content and you know how much is too much. And we're learning that as we go. Um, again, that is something that I think Microsoft and 343 will finesse based on player feedback and seeing how people are responding to the game. Um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not surprised to see some people grumbling about the battle pass implementation because we see this at launch with pretty much every shooter.
Yeah, totally. And uh, it's interesting. A couple months ago at this point, we did a story on the show about uh, how like they're aware, like they know what they're doing and they believe in the challenge system that they have and they want people to give it a shot and try to get used to it. And they, they know that it's not going to be popular. So it, at least they know and they've, they've kind of said that what ends up happening in a couple months, how much do they shift? It's going to be interesting to see, but we will cover it all here. On this beautiful it, it, it is weird because i played a little bit just one final thought on it. i played it a little bit this morning and actually had a decent game i was like second in my my group i had a decent kill death ratio got a couple of flag captures a bunch of assists and i felt really pleased with myself and then the, the screen pops up at the end and the only xp it gave me was was basically for the basic challenge but like just play like some of the early challenges like just play a certain number of games and we'll give you some xp but it didn't reward me at all for how well i played in the game which i thought you know i i, I kind of felt like oh they're going to give me something because they actually played a good game and they didn't and that kind of bummed me out yeah Totally. Uh, moving on to the next story. This is a, a, a very big one. Uh, definitely some required reading over on the Wall Street Journal. Uh, but I got this info from Joe Scrabbles at IGN because the Wall Street Journal is behind a paywall. Uh, but the headline is Activision CEO Bobby Kotick knew for years about sexual misconduct allegations at video game giant Activision Blizzard. Uh, this was written by Kristen Fiend, Ben Fritz, and Sarah E. Needleman over at the Wall Street Journal. Uh, but like I said, this is via Joe Scrabbles. A new report claims that Activision CEO Bobby Kotick knew about alleged sexual assault and harassment allegations within company-owned studios, but did not disclose the information to the company's board. The same report states that Jen O'Neill, who was recently made co-head of the company before announcing her departure just three months later, has previously experienced harassment at the company, was paid less than her male counterpart, Mike Ibarra, and had said that she was tokenized by the company. Uh, fucking terrible, horrible shit. Jen was awesome. She had up uh, vicarious visions forever until her recent promotion and then recently leaving. Uh, a new Wall Street Journal report continues the long-running scandal within Activision Blizzard, which came to light when the state of California filed a lawsuit against the company. The report centers on Kodak and says that internal documents and sources familiar with the company show that the CEO was aware of many of the reported abuses within the company, including accusations of rape that were emailed directly to Kodak but, not informed, but did not inform the board of everything he knew. An Activision spokesperson told the Wall Street Journal that Mr. Kodak would not have been informed of every report of misconduct at every Activision Blizzard company, nor would he reasonably be expected to have been updated on all personal issue, personnel issues. Kodak himself told the Wall Street Journal that he and the board now expect to be kept better informed than in the past about workplace issues, and that examples raised in this report are exceptions to the company's normal behavior. The report also includes a number of new accusations against current and former employees. Dan Bunting, co-head of Treyarch, is alleged to have sexually harassed a female employee in 2017, but despite HR recommendations that he be fired, was kept on after counseling because of his con contribution to the Call of Duty series. Bunting has reportedly left Treyarch after the Wall Street Journal asked to discuss the alleged incident. A Sledgehammer Games supervisor was reportedly accused of rape by a female employee, as well as harassment of a second woman. Uh, there were also ultimately fired another sledgehammer employee uh was also accused of sexual harassment given two weeks of paid leave and moved position with that in within activision before being let go from the company after a separate incident in which he argued with a manager 
The report also includes a section on the departure of Jen O'Neill, who was appointed co-head of Activision Blizzard in August, the company's first female leader, but resigned after just three months. O'Neill reportedly emailed Activision leadership after a month in the role, saying that it was clear that the company would never prioritize our people the right way. The report says she was paid less than her male co-worker uh, and, held, and had told leadership that she had been tokenized, marginalized, and discriminated against. O'Neill also alleges that she was sexually harassed at Activision prior to her time as co-head of the company uh it goes on there's a bunch of like more details and like actual stories and and accounts of uh things that have happened uh jason schreier tweeted out a whole bunch of things uh including an update here that says bobby kodak is doubling down in a video to employees this morning passed along to me he attacked the wall street journal article and defended activision saying quote anyone who doubts my conviction to be the most welcoming and inclusive workplace doesn't really appreciate how important this is to me and that's the story gary Look, I'm not going to go off on a on a big rant or anything cuz at this point I'm just fucking exhausted, depressed. Um, you know, every every time you think that this story has hit rock bottom, they find a new one. This obviously is one of the worst revelations uh we've heard, yeah, if not the worst. And if it's true, assuming it's true, um I I I I'll, I'll just I'll just come back to what I've been saying all along. He's got to go. Kotick has got to go. You cannot, that company, Activision, a once great company. I was playing Activision games, fucking River Raid and Ghostbusters and shit like that. When I was, when I was a kid, Activision is a great, great company and a great name that has been dragged through the fucking mud by the last few years of its, of its management. And it's a, it's, it's a shame to see the human cost, obviously, which is the real issue here, is incalculable. And the company cannot begin to build its build its reputation, and the company cannot heal, and the people that have been hurt and damaged by this cannot begin to heal until he goes. Company culture is set at the top, and this is the culture that Bobby Kotick knowingly, or I said this before, either he knew about it and he's just plain evil, which now seems like maybe that's actually the fucking case based on these new Wall Street Journal revolution revelations, or he didn't know about it. And he's grossly negligent. So either way, it's unacceptable that he can continue in his role. I know that again, the the biggest thing in his in his uh, in, in his argument in terms of like the shareholders and the board keeping on is he makes the company a lot of money. But I think there's been incre increasing disaffection and disillusionment about Kotick in recent years. He really had to fight to get that big pay bump that he got recently, that big you know bit, that big bonus. And this obviously has been has been chipping away and chipping away. This is again just the latest, latest bottom bottom of the barrel. And I'm hoping, I genuinely hope, that this this new revelation, the most awful of all, and the one that points directly to him, is finally the final straw that gets him out, gets him out of that company. So that he gets some kind of retribution. I mean, I don't know if there's even like the possibility of criminal charges down the road or civil suits you know, aimed directly at him. Maybe there should be. I don't know. It's this, we'll get to the bottom of it. It sounds absolutely awful. Now that now that the cat's out of the bag, you can't put the, the, I'm going to mix my metaphors, you can't put the fucking genie back in the bottle now. It's out there. And people are going to dig more and more. And this, it's all going to come to light. There's probably worse to come. Um, but, you know, but, but again, for the, for the, for the women um, and others who were, who were abused by this for them, for them to start to feel like there's any sense of justice or any sense of healing or closure for the, for a once great company to get its reputation back for people simply to be able to feel like they, how do you get out? How do you fucking get up out of bed and go to work for Activision today? If you work there, how do you, how do you, how do you do that? Tim? 
I, I saw on Twitter that uh, a lot of people are staging a walkout today. Uh, Good. For, Good for them. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And especially with all this, I mean, I agree with everything you just said. And I think that this this story today, I mean, obviously, there's been an ongoing thing, but I think that this story is a a big step forward. And I think that it's starting to get like it's it's the end of the line for Kodak, I think, is is a little clearer than it's been. I think uh, I think yeah, I think I, I think he got a lot closer to to, to the end game uh, today. I feel like it's been inevitable for a long time he has to he like again assuming assuming that all these allegations are true he's a fucking bad human being and he's a bad ceo he should not be in charge of this many people if he if he if he if he just kind of waved aside you know credible allegations of rape set you know, se- you know serious sexual abuse and harassment and just and just and just waved it aside it's completely unacceptable i've been saying go back and watch preview i've been saying it for weeks it's obviously more true now than ever. He has got to go. Absolutely. Uh, moving on to the final news story of the day. It's just a quick one here. Dragon Ball, the Breakers announced. This comes from Nebelian on Twitter. Kev, there's a trailer if you want to bring it up. Dragon Ball, the Breakers announcement trailer is a new asymmetrical multiplayer online Dragon Ball game coming to PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC in 2022. It's developed by Dimps. Uh, it's a large map with destructible areas. Cell, Boo, and Frieza will be the first raiders. Uh, custom- there will be customization options, including skins, perks, etc. Uh, unique powers and items like grappling hooks, vehicles, weapons, etc. Uh, it seems to be different than Xenoverse 3. One player controls Cell while the others have to survive. So similar to like a Predator, Dead by Daylight, things like that. Uh, Gary, you're not a big Dragon Ball guy, correct? I am not. They, 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 that, is a tr- that is a fair assumption, Tim. Yeah, I know, I know you're, you're into it and you're also into some of those type of games. Do you think this makes sense? Because this seems really weird to me. Uh, this, this seems weird. Uh, I also like the trailer had like no gameplay whatsoever. Uh, it was just someone talking. So I'd be very curious to see what that gameplay looks like. That could work, but it's, it's scaling is always such a weird issue with these games where the, like some characters are insanely powerful and then Mm. others, you know, um, not so much. So I, I, I don't know. This could be interesting. The asymmetrical aspect of it seems like it could be cool. I wish we had some something to look at to see what what it, you know give us an idea of what we're we're gonna be playing with. They're saying there is a there's hold on, there's a different trailer. There's a gameplay trailer. Hold on, Kev. Sorry, I'm gonna send it to you now. The second link I just added. Uh, okay, hold on. Yeah, it looks weird what I'm seeing. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, th- this is like the, you know. If you skip forward, there's some more like okay, actual like... gamey looking stuff. I mean, this looks cool. This is certainly interesting. I think if you're into like Dragon Ball, like this is. Oh, so what you're just going... normal people. What is going on here? Oh, that's that's Asymmetrical. crazy. Oh. Okay, so is it is it a Predator Friday the 13th? kind of deal yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. and you're just people of the city and it looks like uh the dude that could transform into things what's his name higma yeah i have no fucking idea what i'm talking about uh anyways who knows when this it's is gonna come out it might be though. so far this is, away this is fast and they're using the escape pods this is interesting Harry, if i want to know what's coming to mom and grab shops today where would i look 
the official list of upcoming software on each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday. True. You gonna play the song, Cap? No, it's all. It's going. It's, it's going. Oh, I haven't heard this in a while. Got about this. I heard it at the end. Oh, today we got Out of Line on Xbox One. We have Grow, Song of the Evertree, The Smurfs, Mission V-Leaf, Surviving the Aftermath, The Last Stand Aftermath, and Sherlock Holmes Chapter One, Marsupilami, Marsupilami, Hoop Adventure. (laughs) All of those coming to PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Uh, Jedi... Sorry, Star Wars Jedi Knight Collection coming to Switch. Hextech Mayhem, a League of Legends story on Switch and PC. Star Wars Racer and Commando, Commando Combo on Switch. Them Bombs on Xbox One. The Wild at Heart on PS4 and Switch. Root on Switch. Horseshoe Crab Rescue on Switch. Tavern Master on PC and Mac. Country Balls Hero on PC. And Combat Mission Cold War on PC. Uh, now it is time for the NVIDIA GeForce update. Uh, we partnered with NVIDIA to keep you guys updated on all the latest GeForce RTX additions to your favorite games. Uh, there's a big DLSS update out today. NVIDIA DLSS 2.3. It's available now. It makes smarter use of a game's motion vectors to improve object detail in motion, uh, particle reconstruction, ghosting, and temporal stability. You can get the November GeForce game ready driver to take advantage of all this stuff uh, in all the upcoming games. The big releases this year also that and guy's hair is amazing you gotta love it you really do gotta love if that they use geforce technology on that look at that, that yeah, can't look, be real look, look at those rays they're all being traced it's incredible uh and then elder scrolls online following an early release on the elder scrolls online's test servers a little more jams for this section. Uh, the NVIDIA DLSS and NVIDIA DLAA are now available for everyone to use with the release of the latest DLC, The Elder Scrolls Online Deadlands. Uh, players looking for the highest levels of performance in Elder Scrolls Online can accelerate frame rates up to 50%. Uh, NVIDIA DLAA is different than DLSS. DLAA is anti-aliasing. So it's a new AI-based anti-aliasing mode that uses the same technology that powers DLSS to make your games run even better. Better. Uh, very cool stuff. Now it's time to squad up. Wow, we're really <laughs> one going more for jam, it. baby. One more jam. Okay. Do you know the point? No, I'm sorry. I'm having a problem where I can't hear the OBS feedback, gotcha. and uh, <laughs> I have to manually turn that button off. So sorry, it's off now. All good. All and good, man. You can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games to write in your squad up request, just like Jake Die did. Uh, Jake Die is on Xbox. His gamer tag is J A K E C D Y E. So Jake C Die on Xbox. Earlier this year, I bought my first Xbox, a Series S. I've spent the year catching up on franchises that I've never been exposed to before, like Halo. Now I'm all swept up in the hype for this Halo Infinite multiplayer, but I have no friends on the platform. I'd love to squad up with some kind of funny best friends to drop into Halo Infinite, maybe do some racing in Forza. I'd even be happy just to pad out my friends list and compare achievements. So go, everybody, add him, Jake C. Die on Xbox. Die is D-Y-E and have some fun playing Halo. Now it's time for You're Wrong, where you can go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and let us know what we got wrong as we screw it up. Um, Anything? No, we're looking pretty good. 
we're looking pretty good. It's uh, some updates on the Bobby Kotick stuff. They're talking about Blizzard employees staging a walkout today. We touched on that. Um, Halo does have cross progression with Steam. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. And um, there we go. Cool. That's it. We killed it, Gary. I'm proud of you, and I'm proud of me. But more importantly, I'm proud of us. Quite right. We don't get things wrong. No, it's true. Uh, This week's host, we got Blessing Me uh, tomorrow, and then on Thursday, we have Tam and Me. I've been on a lot of games daily this week. And then Friday, Breaking the Chain, we got Blessing and Janet. You'll love to see it. Uh, If you're watching live on Twitch right after this, we got Nick, Andy, Blessing, and Mike playing with uh, Amazon Luna, some of that couch uh, cloud stuff is going to be really cool playing a whole bunch of games and they're giving away a whole bunch of Amazon Luna stuff. So stay tuned for that. But until next time, I love you all. Goodbye. <laughs>